Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Let's open up Genesis chapter 27. Let's look at Genesis chapter 27. And while you guys are going there, I want to talk to you a little bit. Genesis chapter 27 is where we're going to be at. There's a, before you get there, there, there is a verse that's amazing in the scriptures. And the verse is in Genesis chapter 1. I want you to hear this. Um, while you're turning to 27, just listen to this. And we'll have this both up there. But let's listen to this. It says this. And this is a story about when God is getting ready to create things. And he created things. And he, he continued. This is a cool thing, though. Chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 27 says, So he created human beings. All right, so that's you and me. He created human beings in his own image. All right, so I want you to get that for a second. I'm going to stop right there and make sure you guys are jiving with that. He created us in his own image. That's pretty incredible. You know, for me... I've been told several times that there's no way in the world that my son could ever say that I'm not his daddy, all right? Now, that may be a good thing or bad thing for him, but he can't, I can't not claim him, all right? Well, here's the thing I want you to know. God can't not claim you either. I want you to hear that. We are created in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And then verse 28 says something really cool. Can we go to the next slide? Then God blessed them and said... He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. I want you to get this. There's a definition, and I want you to get of blessing, all right? And I want to focus on blessing today. There's a definition of blessing. It says this. It says, to confer prosperity or happiness upon, all right? You get that? to confer, to give over, to reign over prosperity or happiness upon. So if you're giving someone a blessing, you are, you are giving over, you are calling forth, you are speaking forward prosperity or blessing upon, to honor or offer approval or encouragement. So if you're giving a blessing to someone, you are offering encouragement, you are honoring them. You're giving them encouragement. You're saying to them, hey, listen, you have approval. You have approval. And that's what a blessing is. And so when God created us, he spoke over us. And he says this, you have approval. All right? I want to bless you. I want want to bless you to multiply. But listen, you're created in my image. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. That's very important. I don't want you to miss that. Because starting in, in chapter 27, we see a very interesting story. And so if you have, have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 27. And we'll have that up on the screen. Genesis chapter 27, starting in verse 27. Genesis chapter 27, starting in verse 27. All right? I'll give you guys a second to get there. Listen, if you, uh, if you, have, your, uh, if you have a cell phone, you can, you can take notes on that. Also, you can check in with us if you want to check in, let everybody know what you're doing. It says this. Let me, let me tell you a little bit of background. The background is this, okay? There's two sons. There's two sons in the scenario of the story, all right? 
there's Jacob and there's Esau. Now, I want to tell you something about both. Jacob, Jacob was a mama's boy, and he was kind of the favorite of the mama. All right, Esau was a favorite of the dad. And so what you have, the scenario is, is that Jacob was much more, he was much more spiritual in nature. And Esau was much more worldly, successful in nature. Okay, that's the, that's the two things you have. So there's a scenario that plays out right before this where Esau was starving to death and where Jacob said, hey, listen, give me your birthright. Give me your birthright. Let me get everything that, that the, first, the firstborn gets and I'll give you some food. And he was like, well, what good's a birthright to me? I'm starving to death. Yeah, let's do it. But he missed something. Esau missed something. He forgot something when he did that. And that's what we're going to see here, starting in verse 27. It says this, it says, So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced. And he blessed his son. He said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. And he says this, From the dew of heaven and the richness of earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants, and may they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed, and all who bless you will be blessed. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned to his, from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, sit up, my father, and eat my wild game so that you can give me your blessing. But Isaac asked him, who are you? Esau replied, it's your son. It's your firstborn Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, then who just served me wild game? I have already eaten it and I blessed him just before you came in. And yes, that blessing must stand. There is a scenario in the scriptures that teach us about life today. Today's message is called More of the Blessing. There's a scenario in scripture that teaches us about life today and can explain a lot of what's going on in our world today. All right, and it's simply this We are living in a world where people have grown up and have never got the blessing from their families. Are you with me? They've never got the blessing from the families. Listen, John Trent said it like this in the blessing. What are the blessings? He said there's five parts to the blessing. The first one is this. He says there's meaningful, appropriate touch. All right? The blessing is meaningful, appropriate touch. What is that? It means that you as a mom and you as a dad, in that you take and you touch your children and you love on your children and you hug on your children. And you may kiss your children on the forehead. And you may show them you have a closeness with your kids that ensures them that you're going to protect them, that you're going to be there for them, that you're there. You bring them in really, really close. You know, I saw a picture this week of a, of a new mom, and the baby was sitting there on her, uh, sitting there on her stomach, and, and she, was, she was laying there, um, and, and the, the baby was in such bliss just staring up at the mom. It's an amazing thing. And then, do you guys know that when babies are born, uh, babies are born, they can only see about 18 inches? Did you guys know that? So if you're back to back going, woohoo, they have no idea. It's just blurry. All right. Do you guys know they can see 18 inches? Do you know how far that is? 
It's about from right here to right here. Why is that? Well, God knows that we need to see the face of our mama. Do you know that? We need to see the face of dad. 18 inches at first. The blessing. The blessing. Meaningful touch. Meaningful touch is one of the things that he says are part of the blessing. Listen, the spoken message, all right? Spoken message. What is that? The spoken message is simply this. Speaking out, when you speak out towards your children, you're speaking out a blessing just like we just saw here with Jacob and his father. You're speaking out, all right? You're not speaking out words that are going to tear him down. You're not going to speak, you know, you're not speaking out words. Hey, now listen, let me go ahead and stop right here. Hey, I want to let you guys know something. Today's message is not for you to think, well, I'm just a big old screw up, I guess. You know what I mean? Because I just cussed at my kid on the way here, all right? You know what I mean? Hey, listen. We all cuss at our kids on the way here every once in a while, right? I'm just being real. I don't because I don't ride with my kid here, but if I did, I'd probably cuss at my kid on the way here. Hey, listen, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a generational pattern here. I'm talking about day in and day out. Everybody has their weak points. Everyone has times in their life whenever they kind of screw up. Hey, can I tell you something? That's not what your kid's going to remember. It's the daily thing, day in and day out. It's not the one highlighted incident where you call them a little whatever, whatever, and tell them to go to their room. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the day in and day out commitment that you've made to your kids. Meaningful touch. Spoken messages. And here's the third one, attaching a high value, attaching a high value to to your kids. All right. Showing your kids that they are valued, that they are valued above other things. And here's the thing above other people. Are you with me? Are you with me? Can I be honest with you guys and tell you that I have met way too many kids whose parents have left, have left each other. And for some reason, when their parents have left each other, the parents' happiness has come before the kids' happiness. Can I tell you why I've seen them? Because they've been sitting in my office getting counseling. They've been sitting in my wife's office getting counseling. What does that mean? It means that they are valuing another spouse, their own life above their own kids' lives. Can I tell you something? God gave you your kids so that he could trust you with those kids. He gave you the kids so, because he believed that you could, you could be someone who could speak that over to them. You are the vessel that God uses for your kids. You are the vessel that he uses. Meaningful touch, a spoken message, and attaching a high value. The fourth one is this. It's picturing a special future. Picturing a special future. Speaking out over to your kids a special future. Not saying words like, you know what, man? You're dumb as a stump. You ain't ever gonna mount to nothing. You ain't never going to mount to nothing, you know? Or, man, I sure hope the quick sack's hiring because, you know what I mean? Not, not those kind of things. A special future. A future where that kid from growing up little bitty, little bitty, when he's real small, she's real small, a special future that says, you know what? You're going to be something. You're going to be somebody. You're going to make it. You're, you're going to go further than mom and dad have. You're going to be better than mom and dad have. You have a special future. You have a, you, listen, you're one of a kind and you have a special future. Can I tell you guys something? Having someone believe in you is a vital part of growing up. It is. It's a vital part of growing up. And for us to have a special future that we believe, I have a future 
I know it because my mother and my father have told me. They've told me they're going to support me. They're going to be there for me. They've shown me love. They've spoken these things over me. I am high valued and I have a special future. The final thing is this, is an active commitment. What does that mean? It doesn't mean, and some of you who have seniors, it doesn't mean that you're counting down the hours until they leave your home. All right? Now let me say something. I may have or may have not done that with my daughter. All right? We may have done that. It was funny. I'll tell you the story now. And I hope you're not listening to this, Bailey. But, but my, my, you know, I have a theory. I think that kids, for, especially girls for some reason, but I think that kids... From about midway through 11th, maybe early 12th grade, from that point until they graduate, they turn into turds so that, listen, so that, I mean this, so that you don't want them in the house any longer, okay? So that you can say, listen, I can't wait to breathe, get out of here, all right? Okay, that's allowed, okay? That's okay right now, okay? As long as you've done the work before, that's allowed, all right? And that is what happens. I'll never forget whenever we dropped our daughter off for college, I told my wife before, I said, hey, listen, right before we drop her off, okay, we've got to act really sad, all right? I did. I said it. I swear. I said, we've got to act really sad, okay? And I so when we drop them off, let's say this. Hey, listen, we're going to go ahead and go. We're going to go ahead and go uh, uh, so that we don't get upset. And so that's what we did. It was like, okay. I'll see you later, honey. I love you. Okay. And she started walking off and was like, okay. And I said, just keep looking solemn because she's probably looking at the car. Don't make any noise. We pulled out. We got past and we were like, woohoo! She is gone. Yeah. We are free. We flew around, you know. We stopped and got ice cream, you know. It was awesome. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about that because that's kind of normal. All right? That's kind of normal. And that's okay. You can celebrate that just for a brief moment, Okay. All right, but, uh, but uh, uh, we, did, we did that. We really, we really did that. But listen, what is an active commitment? Can I tell you something? After we did the celebrating, we still sent her money. We still supported her. We still helped with the car. We still helped with all those things. We really did. We helped with, the, you know why? Because from the moment she entered our home until right now today, we have an active commitment in her life. We are actively committed to their success. We're actively committed. I just talked to someone right before the service, and I said, hey, listen, you ain't got but two kids. Spoil them rotten. You know what I mean? A lot of people are like, oh, well, they won't be raised. Now, let me tell you something. I've seen both sides. I've seen spoiled kids and kids that aren't spoiled. I've seen kids that, listen, I had to work for it on my own. I really did. I had to work for it on my own. And my wife was spoiled rotten, right, Wendy? She was spoiled rotten. She did. She was spoiled. She wasn't spoiled too rotten. Well, she kind of was. But Listen, and you know what? We're both just doing just fine. We're just fine. We're both normal adults. Well, for the most part, we're both normal adults. We're doing just, just fine. Hey, listen, having an active commitment to your kids' future, having an active commitment tells them something. They know it. They can see it. A meaningful touch, spoken message, attaching a high value, picturing a special future, and an active commitment. Those things are very important. And that's why Jacob, Jacob was a conniver. And he went and said, hey, listen, I'm going to dress up. He and his mom, I'm going to dress up 
like my brother, and I'm going to go get his blessing. And that's exactly what he did. And he did that because the blessing that was spoken over him was such a powerful blessing. Hey, listen, those that curse you are going to be cursed. You have an incredible future. You have a hope. And he started pouring out all these things onto him. But can I tell you something? Here's the truth of the matter. We have a generation of children that are growing up without the blessing. We do. We have a generation of children that are growing up without the blessing. I know that because we have kids that have no idea who they are. We have kids no idea what they are. We have kids that don't know how they fit in. And we have kids walking around today that have no idea what their future is going to be. It's reflected every day where you sit right now. The same chairs that you're sitting in right now tomorrow will be lunch chairs for some kid. And I will promise you this, probably more than half of you guys are sitting in chairs where kids are walking in and they are lost and they have no idea what their future is going to be because people have chosen their own happiness over the, over the, the future of their children. And they're walking around without the blessing. Kids walk up and down this hallway all over America, all over America, and they're searching for an identity, and they're searching for a hope, and they're searching for a future. They were never given the blessing by the parents. Now, there's a lot of things that I, don't, I can't speak on myself, but I can speak on teenagers, okay, because I've worked with them for 20-something years. And I'll tell you this, and I want you to hear this. If you don't give your kids the blessing your kids are going to go find a group of people that will give them the blessing that they desire. And those people will have influence over your kid's life much more than you will. Are you with me? I want to say that again. If you don't give your kid the blessing, they will look around and find something, some group or somebody that will give them the blessing. And they will give their heart over to those people. And you will wonder what happened to your kid when the reality is, is they were never given the blessing that God trusted you to carry out. Can I be honest with you and tell you, we've got girls that walk around that are dressed like street, street women. We just do. We do. We've got girls that walk around that dress, and you know what they're doing? They're saying, hey, listen, please give me attention. Make me feel important. I'll show you a little bit. Make me feel significant. I'm on Instagram all the time, and I see picture after picture after picture after picture. And they're saying, please, someone make me feel important. Someone make me feel significant. Please do that. Please do that. That's what they're saying. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why it is. A lot of times it's because they never got the fulfillment of the blessing that God wanted them to have. Someone is going to make our kids feel valued. Someone is going to make our kids feel important. Someone is going to make our kids feel like they're getting the blessing from them. It's a false blessing, but it's good enough because that's exactly, that's exactly what our job was supposed to be. Now listen, does that mean that your kid, well, my kid is, they're off the rails a little bit. Well, you know what? A lot of you guys went off the rails too, and you got the blessing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a lifelong thing where they're constantly searching for one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. Hey, can I tell you why grace exists? Grace exists because, you know, grace is that thing. Grace, here's what grace is. It's what we're supposed to do 
and what we did do over here, that area in the middle is grace. That's what grace is. Grace exists for those little screw-ups. Chances are when your kid goes off to college, all right, they may mess up a time or three. Okay? Are you with me? They may mess up. Maybe when your kid starts adulthood, they may mess up some. That's okay. Give them grace. Support them anyway. Tell them you love them anyway. I found this. I found that being a hard-nosed parent, I found that that doesn't work very well. I found that the more grace I give, in a good, loving way, but the more grace I give, I found that that works miracles for kids. It does. Why is that? Well, because that kid may be screwing up, but guess what they always know in the back of their minds? They always know that there's a bed and food and a place for them to lay their head down where they're accepted and where they're loved and where they're forgiven right there within your very home. That's the kind of parent God wants us to be. That's who he's calling us out to be. I'll tell you this. I have a friend of mine. I played football with him. His name was Raymond Thomas. Raymond was the guy. He was a big old dude, man. He was a big old guy. He was a pretty good football player. He had all kinds of talent, but he threw it all away. And he just messed around, and he, he really didn't take it very seriously. And after high school, Raymond kind of just bounced around here, there, and yonder, and he was looking for something, and everyone knew it. Even back then, you know, if you're a dumb 18-year-old and you can recognize that some other dude is looking for something, one, guys don't really think that way, do we, guys? It's like, hey, man. You're an idiot, and I'm going on. I could tell back then that he needed something. And he kept looking around for that and looking around for that. And he finally found that when he was about 27 or 28 years old. He found it in being a drug dealer there in the local town. And guess what happened? Those people that were around him began to accept him. And this thing he had been looking for that he thought was going to be the answer ended up not to be the answer. He was found face down floating in a river in town, dead, at the age of 31. He was looking for something. He never got it. Mom didn't care about him. It was interesting because his mom never came to a football game ever, ever. Whenever we would all walk out and our parents would be there and, and never, he just stood there, no one. And other parents would actually go and say, hey man, come on, hang out with us. Come on, do it. No, no, they never were there. I don't think he even know who dad was. He was so absent. He didn't get the blessing. Do you know why he didn't get the blessing? Because we have a generation of adults walking around without the blessing. I want you to get this. We have a generation of adults walking around without the blessing. Can I tell you something? You can't give what you never got. Are you with me? I want you to hear that again. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. And so what you have, you have people that are having kids and these adults are walking around and they're looking for some kind of significance. And those significance, maybe they're saying, well, I tell you what, if I only could get this job, then man, I'm going to be significant. I'm going to be something. If I can only get this car, I'm going to be something. Or how about this one? If my kid could only do better in travel baseball, if my kid was only better at this or at that or at this or at that, then I will, I will feel significant significant, okay? I'll do that. Or how about this? If I could only, if I could only marry that certain person, or, or maybe, maybe if I can only have a happy marriage, so I'm going to leave this person and go to another person. And people are looking for different husbands or different wives, and I've always heard it said like this, hey, the grass may look greener on the other side, but that stuff's still got to be mowed, 
Are you with me? It's still got to be mowed, man. It's still there. I've heard it said like this, that people will leave, a husband or wife will leave their spouse. They'll leave their spouse because their spouse only fulfills 80% to go and chase the person that only fills 20%, that missing percent. I've heard that. And when they get in that relation, they realize, man, what a mistake they've made. What an empty well that is. We've got people walking around who have never, adults, that have never gotten the blessing. They were never given the blessing. I want you to hear this. And you may think, oh, man, especially if you're a guy. I can hear you right now going to guy go, yeah, man, thanks a lot, dude. My dad was hard on me, but whatever, dude, I'm a man. Yeah, I get that, but I want you to hear this, okay? Esau was tough. Whenever they would say he went out and hunt, Esau was an incredible hunter. He would go out and hunt, right? Now, he didn't go out, you know, with a 30-06, okay? He didn't go out and go, all right, man, I got my camo on right here, and I'm out in the woods, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to shoot me a deer from about 250 yards, okay? He didn't go out in those kind of hunt. He, had, he basically had a sword, spear, and he went out, man. So what he hunted, bears, lions, whatever, he brought it. He was tough, all right? He was a lot tougher than y'all, all right? Almost as tough as me, but a lot tougher than y'all. All right, here's what he said. And I want you to hear how important this blessing is. He said this. He said, when Esau heard, this is in 34, when Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. And he said, oh, my father, what about me? What about me? Bless me. Bless me. Father, what about me? And he's weeping. What about me? What about my blessing? What about my blessing? What about my blessing? What about me? What about me? And I see adults all the time that are trying to live a life with no fulfillment because they were never given the blessing. And they're walking around and they're saying, what about me? What about me? What about me? Had a friend of mine in school whose father abused him. Look, you know, you, you realize things looking back, how screwed up things were. And you didn't realize it at the time, but you knew something was kind of off. And I was in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and his father abused him. He did. He abused him. Um, he, uh, he, he, would, he would hit him and punch him and all kinds of other stuff. And this guy was raised without the blessing. And his life reflects it. He, he wanted to get married. And so he rushed into a marriage. And when he rushed into the marriage, after a year, because of all the issues he had, his wife left him. Let me let you guys know something. This is all free, by the way. This is free. Okay, I'm not charging anything, all right? If you're screwed up and you walk into a room with 99 people that aren't screwed up and one that is, you're going to get with the one that is. All right, I'm just letting you know that. Because everybody else is going to go, uh, they're screwed up, back off. All right, that's just the truth. You're going to get to the one that is. And that's what he did. He got to the one that is. And after a year, she cheated on him and left. She left. This guy was a superstar in high school, played college football. Good looking, built, awesome, great guy, nice. Never got the blessing. Constantly looking for something of significance, something to make him feel important. He got remarried, had two kids. Three years into the marriage, 
his wife started cheating on him and did for about five or six years. Left. That's it. He was almost 40 years old. He was 39 years old. And he called me. I've been best friends with him forever. I hadn't talked to him in forever. He said, I don't know what to do in my life. I said, well, have you considered Jesus? Have you considered God? And I told him, I said, man, listen. Your dad was horrible to you. He said, yeah, I'm starting to realize that. I said, listen, I said, I want you to know something. The way you were raised is not the way it should have been. All right? You didn't need to perform in order for your family to love you. And I want to tell you something. Even though, even though you got a crappy earthly father, you have a heavenly father. That's not that way. And we began to talk over a couple of weeks, and he accepted Christ. He accepted Christ. And his life changed. His life changed. He suddenly began to realize what he had missed out on. And from that point on, he dedicated himself to being the blessing to his children. And that's what he's done for the past six years. He's been the blessing for his children. You may be sitting here today going, well, listen, man, I'm 40-something years old. I'm 50-something years old. I never got it. Everything he's saying is right, but what am I going to do? Can I tell you guys something? And this goes for the teenagers too. Your earthly parents may have not been able to give you the blessing, but your heavenly father can give you more of a blessing than you ever could have gotten on earth. I want you to hear that. Your heavenly father, your heavenly father can give you a blessing like you never got on earth. If we go back to Genesis, Adam and Eve are there. They've been created and God bestows that blessing on them. He bestows that blessing on them. I want you to know something. When we turn our lives over to Christ, He becomes our blessing. He does. He becomes our blessing. He does. All through school, I was told I was an idiot. Not by my dad, because he'd have punched somebody in the head if they'd have done that, but by different teachers. Oh, they didn't come right out and say, hey, you're an idiot. But they wanted to. They wanted to. Can I tell you when my life turned around and when I started having a hope in the future? 19 years old. Two days before I turned 19. February 18th, 1990 is when it was. Two days before I turned 19. I gave my life over to Christ. And everything changed. Everything changed. Why? Because Christ bestowed a blessing over us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. It says, we are God's workmanship. Okay? I want you to get that. We are God's workmanship created to do good things in Christ Jesus. In Mark 1.11, I love this verse. And if, if you don't think God, if you don't think God loves you, if you don't think he can, he can pour a blessing out over you, if you don't think he can change your life incredibly, if you don't believe that, then listen to Mark 1 chapter 11. He says, Mark 1 chapter, verse 11, he says this. He says, and a voice came from heaven. And this is what he said to Jesus. He said, you are my son whom I love 
with you, I am well pleased. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I have nine pages, nine pages of scriptures up here. In big font, by the way, but nine pages of scriptures where God lets us know how valuable we are to him. I'm not going to read them all, but in John 1, verse 12, it says, you are a child of God. In John 15, 15, it says, I'm not going to call you slaves any longer because slaves don't understand what the master is doing. I've called you friends because I have revealed to you everything. You are my friend. You are my friend. In Romans chapter 3, it says, I have justified you so that you can live free. In Romans chapter 6, it says, hey, listen, I want you to know something, all right? I died for you so that you could have new life. I died so that you could have a hope and a future. Romans 8, 1 says that no matter what you do, there's no condemnation in Christ. If you will turn and come to Him and look to Him to be your significance, there's no condemnation. Romans 8, 2 says right after that that you've been set free. Romans 15 says that He accepts you exactly the way you are and wants to begin to work in you to bring out the good things that he, listen, that he has planned for you when? Before you were ever born. Before you were ever born, before you, were, before you ever took a breath, God had a plan for you. And no matter what earthly parents you had, no matter what situations you went through, if you will turn back to him, he will make sure that the plan he has for you will succeed. We all know Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this. It says, I have a plan for you. I really do. It's a plan to give you a hope and a future. All right? I know the plans I have for you. It's a plan to give you a hope and a future. It also says that, hey, listen, if you allow me to, your very body will be the dwelling place of Holy Spirit, and I will be your counselor. You don't have to look to anyone on earth. I will be your counselor and your guide and your provision and your strength. And with me, you can connect with me, and I will give you the blessing. Because in 2 Corinthians, it says that you become a new creation when you give your heart and your mind over to Christ. What do you do if you never got the blessing? This is the cool thing about God. If your earthly parents never gave you the blessing, God has the blessing waiting to pour out all over you. And he feels so strongly about you that he gave up his only son to die for you so that you could live as a new creation. That's what he thinks about you, and that's what he thinks about me. I love to see stories of people. I love to see stories of people who came from a rough background, 
and gave their life over to Christ. And they connected. No, can I tell you guys something? My dad passed away about 12 years ago, and, I'm, I, and I love my mom, but can I tell you something? I'm much closer connected to God than I am my earthly parents. I have a much deeper relationship with God than my earthly parents. I do. Because He's the one that's given me a hope and a future. He's the one that's watched over me and guided me. He's the one that saw me when I was a little kid, all right, and maybe feeling inferior. He saw me down there, but he also saw what was going to be happening over here, all right, in the middle of May in 2017. And he was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it here, and we're, but I'm going to get him from this to this. And the amazing thing is, even before I knew him, he knew me. And he watched over me, and he guided me, and he had a plan and a hope. I don't have to go looking for the blessing from other people. I don't have to go looking for the blessing from things. I don't have to go looking for the blessing from what I drive or what job I have or how much is in my bank account. I only have to go looking for the blessing from the relationship that I have with Christ himself. He is the one that fulfills me. He is the one that gives me more of the blessing. If you're a parent today, I want to encourage you to do something. Give your kid a double portion. Give your kid a double portion. Why don't you give them the blessing and introduce them to Christ who can give them the blessing and they'll get a double portion. And I'll assure you, no matter what they do when they first go off to college, if you give them that double portion, the scripture says that they will not, it will not come back void. That at some point, like the prodigal son, they'll wake up and they'll see their reflection in the mud pit and they'll say, let me get up and go to my father who's even his servants are eating better than me. Let me get up and go to my father. And as they're coming back, you run out to them and greet them and put the family ring back on their finger and celebrate that there was a son that was lost and now he's found. Jesus is our blessing. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful today, God, for the people that are here that are listening, that are, that are uh, God, that, that it's Mother's Day, Lord, and you created moms and dads to, to, you know, to, God, just to pour out this blessing on to children. God, I'm so thankful for that. God, I'm thankful that in my life, when my mom and dad sometimes didn't pour out the blessing, that you had other people who did. It's amazing how many mamas and how many daddies that I have in reality, spiritually. God, I'm thankful for people that will stand in the gap. People that will stand in the gap even when maybe they're not the mom and dad, but they're an aunt or an uncle, grandmother, grandfather, a friend. Let us be people who take in the blessing of Christ, Lord, and then pour it out onto others. It's the only way we'll stop generational curses, God. It's the only way we'll turn things around. Let us not walk around aimlessly. And God, let us do big things for you. And as, as you do what you say you'll do, 
We won't take any credit, but we will give you the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, I'm down here front if you guys want to come for prayer. You know, today's message wasn't meant to make you feel guilty or feel bad or anything like that. I'll tell you what it was meant for. It was meant for you to know that God trusts you and that you can trust Him to lead you as it relates to your kids, your kids' friends, your grandkids. You can trust Him to lead you. Look to Him. I'm down front if anyone needs prayer. Let's stand up. And let's sing our final worship song. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.